On today's episode of the Shoot for Success podcast, I've got Julie Christie on, and we are talking all things marketing. And when I say all things marketing, I mean all things marketing. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sean Brown, and if you had told me years ago that I would be a professional photographer today, I would have said that you were crazy. Since then, I've been able to grow my photography business to six figures per year and haven't looked back. Now, with over eight years of experience of figuring out what to do and more importantly, what not to do, I help photographers build the thriving photography business that they've always dreamed of so that they can have more time, flexibility, and freedom to do what they truly want to do. And you want to know the best part? I'm showing you how to make that happen for yourself in this audio series. This is Shoot for Success. Hey everyone, Sean Brown here, and so excited to be back with another Shoot for Success photography podcast for you all. And this is an episode that's been in the works for the last couple months. My schedule has been absolutely crazy. And Julie, is, who's the guest for this episode, is based in the UK. So finding a time that we could actually sit down and record this podcast episode for you all was a little bit challenging, but needless to say, we, we got it done. And oh my goodness, like it is absolutely going to blow you away. But before we get into that, if you have missed any of the episodes, it's probably because you aren't subscribed or you're not following the podcast. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss any of these episodes, because if you're even on my email list, you may have seen I don't always send out an email when new episodes go live. The best way to make sure that you are in tune with whatever episodes are coming out is to hit that subscribe and follow button, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever podcast service you're using. That is the absolute best way to make sure that you get up-to-date content. So make sure to do that. And if you haven't left an iTunes review yet, please make sure to do that. It helps me out. It helps other photographers find this podcast so that the takeaways that you've had they can have too. And um, I'm all about sharing the wealth and uh, making sure that we all grow as a community because if we grow as a community, that just strengthens the photography community as a whole and lends itself to more success for you in the long run. So without further ado, we'll dive into the episode. But with Julie Christie, she runs a membership site called Togs in Business. And it has a wealth of knowledge in there, really doesn't touch on a specific genre. So obviously with my senior photography mastermind, that is geared more towards just senior photography. Other photographers have, you know, takeaways in there too, but largely it's focused in the senior photography from the senior photography mastermind. Julie's really focuses on all genres and really helping you market as a photographer versus just a senior photographer. So she has helped uh, helped many photographers become skilled market marketers inside of the, her membership, you know, as a way through Togs and Business. And she is just she defines herself as a class A marketing geek, and we definitely dove into that because for the whole podcast episode. It's just marketing nugget of knowledge after marketing nugget of knowledge and absolutely loved it. And Julie, if you want to 
uh, follow her. Make sure to hit up Togs in Business. That's her Instagram account. We'll also link it up in the show notes, and we mention it at the end of the episode. And when she's not doing her marketing and photography, she loves cheesy jokes, rum cocktails, and she loves sitting on her couch with her full-size German short-haired pointer on her lap. So excited to dive in. Lots of, of knowledge. So if you are not driving, if you're sitting at your desk, pull out a notepad, you're going to want it. And we'll see you all on the episode. Julie, welcome to the Shoot for Success podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. So we've got Julie Christie in from Togs in Business, and she runs an amazing kind of service for photographers that is ongoing education in all realms and that sort of thing, but super excited to dive in with her today about marketing and all things business. So welcome to the podcast, Julie. Hi, Sean. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for asking me on. I am ecstatic to have you on. I know. So Julie's in the UK and in England and or uh, Scotland. Scotland, I forget. Yes, Scotland. Okay, Scotland. I was like, I knew it was somewhere in there. Ah, And so trying to get her on the schedule time-wise, we were like, okay, which time zone is the right one? But we finally got it in because we're both on the call. So that means we both did our time zone conversions correctly, but <laughs> so excited to have you on. And, but for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, how you got started, just your story of how you ended up where you are today. Sure. Um, my story is probably quite generic <laughs> in that I, um, I'm a photographer first, um, but I now run a marketing membership site for photographers. When I was a photographer, I loved the marketing more than the photography. I think that's, that's really where my story begins. Um, but I, I absolutely loved taking photographs, but not so much for money. What I really loved doing was getting the clients in the first place. You know, so I love the marketing when most other photographers love the photography. That's quite strange, isn't it? Well, and I'm, I'm actually a very similar way where the same as you. Yeah, we're one of the ways that I got started. So a little bit of background from from my end, I actually my first job out of high school was working uh, on the retail side of Apple. And so I really got a sneak peek of really how they do their client experience, how they market and everything. And I had always been super fascinated with that. And I actually take a lot of that into my business to this day. So it's nice to meet a fellow photographer who loves the marketing side too, because it's so important to really having a thriving business, in my opinion, where it's almost more important than taking good photos if you don't know how to run a business. It's everything. It's absolutely everything. And when I started to understand what it really took to kind of magnetize the right people to, into my business, it made me realize that actually, you know, you can run, if you can understand marketing and you can get passionate about marketing, you could really run any business you can kind of turn your hand to anything if you know how to get people to want it and how to get people to want to work with you and that kind of led me into wanting to help other photographers understand that I know it's a big problem in the industry with creatives you know we're creative types so more often than not we want to just immerse ourselves in creating beautiful images and the business and marketing side of things weighs us down and overwhelms us. 
and we can just be stuck in the weeds, can't we? So I know that it's a big pain point for photographers and it's something I love to help them with because I love it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So you start as a photographer and now you run a marketing membership to help photographers. Walk us through what that journey kind of looked like because a lot of photographers are probably like, how did she get started? What genre did she photograph? Kind of some of your experiences that led to you wanting to help other photographers out. Absolutely. So I started as a family photographer. Um, I, when was that? 2010, I think. I beca- yes, 2010. So the competition wasn't nearly so fierce. Um, you know, I remember I started a Facebook page and in those days, all you had to do was post a few times to Facebook and you would get a job. It was just ridiculously much easier than it is now. Um, and I, my business grew really quite quickly in the time that I was in. And then I branched out into boudoir photography and then into headshot photography and then into teaching. So I started out my adult life as a teacher before I became a photographer. So I thought, why don't I start teaching some beginners photography as well? So I had four different arms to my photography business and I was just really passionate about marketing those four arms. And um, I had kind of seasons in my photography business where I would focus on one thing for a couple of months and just book that out. And then I would move on to the next thing and I would book that out. So that's how I kind of started to become passionate about marketing campaigns and how that all worked so that I could get multiple bookings at once instead of chasing one booking at a time, which I think is a big problem that is in the the photography industry where we are chasing that one client at a time and you don't have that reliable cash flow. Whereas if you can get multiple bookings at once that can fill your diary for the next two or three months, then you can start focusing on the next campaign and the next campaign, you're always working ahead. So that's what I was doing with my business. Um, Over the years, I just kept adding different services. But what I did do, and I don't know if this this would be of interest to your listeners or not, is I made sure that all the ideal clients for all of my different services were the same person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let's dive into the concept where you mentioned, you know, the kind of contrast between looking for or going after that one client versus multiple bookings, because there are probably a lot of photographers listening right now that are like, yeah, Julie, please tell me how I can get multiple bookings versus just one booking, because that's incredible. You know, if you're able to do that, it saves you not only time in marketing, but it also streamlines your business in a lot of ways as well. Absolutely. And it, it's really all about campaigns. So I'm, I very much believe in being able to plan and orchestrate a very clever and strategic marketing campaign so that you're building a buzz and you're building momentum up to a certain point where you, you either release your, for example, let's say it's your autumn availability. So you, you're building a buzz, you're creating content and making yourself very visible in the lead up to this point and you're gathering people on a list a waiting list or on your email list and you're really just building them up into this point where maybe you then say okay I'm opening my diary for autumn I have this much availability you maybe even have an early bird 
value add incentive or something or if it's for a photography workshop for example my beginners photography workshops I always just gathered a waiting list in advance I was always gathering a list of people and then I would release the next date and at that point I had a whole lot of people on my list waiting to hear about that and I would email them say right listen I'm waiting you know I'm opening this workshop up tomorrow if you get in there and book within the first 24 hours, you'll get this early bird price. So I was doing that for my workshops. I was doing it for autumn availability for my family shoots because that was the most popular time. I was doing it ahead of summer for my summer boudoir brides. So I was just always building this momentum up to a certain point and making something very desirable, building a list and then releasing my availability and getting people in at that point when I kind of open the cart, if you like, for people to buy. So it's almost like a launch, you know, four or five times a year. Yeah, I was about to say it's almost kind of building that anticipation, that drip marketing. And then once you open up the doors, kind of the floodgates are released, then all of a sudden, that's where your stream of inquiries comes in. Exactly. It's yeah. not, I mean, it's not so effective for wedding photographers. It's not something that I suppose some wedding photographers might be able to do it. But for portrait photographers, it's just a perfect way to do it. Yeah, I was about to say kind of those photographers that work more in those seasons where, you know, for senior portraits and whatnot, we're, or at least in my area and, and different parts of the US where senior portraits are really popular, it changes based on kind of the region you were in just because of of climates. But in summer, I mean, that's the busiest time. So I pretty much do almost a very similar concept where I don't sell or I don't book any summer dates until my calendar opens like first week, second week in January. And everyone that wants to book with me ends up on my what I call like my all access senior list or my VIP list. And then as soon as calendars open, like that's time to book, because if you want those limited number of session dates that are available, that's kind of your that's kind of your cue and go time, really. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned was got started in 2010. You started a Facebook page and you say, you know, you only had to post a couple times and people just found out about you. And yeah. It's changed a little bit over time where nowadays Facebook, you know, even Instagram, it takes a little bit of a a purposeful strategy. So how have you seen it change or social media in general change over time? And, And then we can kind of dive into what you're doing now that's effective in marketing strategies. I'd say it's unrecognizable now. Um, the competition is just so fierce not just in the photography industry, but also people are, the photographers who are on social media are so much more educated now because the competition in online training is also pretty fierce, right? So we all have access to marketing education. It's all at our fingertips. So photographers are getting better at marketing themselves. And those who are educating themselves on social media and keeping up with the trends and keeping up with the algorithm they are killing it so what I've found is 
as the market has become more saturated and as there are more photographers on social media and as advertising has you know become more and more prominent we're just disappearing from the the feeds it's just facebook and instagram or i suppose it's the same thing facebook just want to show us the things that are most relevant to us and the things that we want to see so Whereas before we were seeing any old post from any old business we'd followed, we're now really only seeing the posts that Facebook deem valuable. And if we can't, as if photographers can't create valuable content for social media, they will be invisible on social media. And that was not the case. Even five years ago, it was easier, but 10 years ago certainly was not the case. You could just post about your availability or post a couple of images with a nice story and people would get in touch with you because they saw it. Right now, I mean, the, the per, I think it's better on Instagram, but the percentage of your Facebook followers that see your post is minuscule. I think it's less than 1%. Um, I think, on is it something like 0.1% sometimes? It's crazy. Wow. So we have to be very strategic with the content that we create and it has to be good content. It has to be courageous content, bold content. It has to be relevant. It has to be interesting to your ideal client. And we have to be very specific and intentional about that. Well, and one of the the things you mentioned too was when you were in your photography business, taking the four branches or whatever we want to call it of the services that you offered and you said it all centered around that, you know, that one kind of ideal client, that one persona avatar, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. How does that play into your marketing strategy as a whole when you say that content needs to be bold, it needs to be specific, kind of yeah. those kind of, uh, you know, defining factors of what makes for good, relevant content? So I suppose well, going back to this the same ideal client for different services i think it's where it's worth talking about that you know some of your listeners may be senior photographers who also photograph families and you know maybe they do some headshots or branding photography as well and often photographers are thinking of everything as separate and they're thinking okay that audience is different to that audience so i need two or three instagram accounts and maybe i even need a separate website but that's only the case if you genuinely have different audiences for your different services. And a clever way to do this is if you're beginning, if you're right at the beginning and you are trying to add new services to your business, the first thing you should be thinking is, can I tailor this service to my existing client? So that's how I did it. I started as a family photographer and when I added boudoir, I just thought, okay, I'm going to target my family client, my family ideal client who was a working mother. I'm going to target her for my boudoir too. That's who I want to work with. And then when I added headshots, I thought, well, this is exactly who I still want to work with. I still want to work with her. And that means that she can be seeing on my Instagram, on my Facebook, she can be seeing all the different things that I shoot and she's interested in them all, you know? Totally. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I think it's, it's very genre specific where I teach a lot of senior photographers that are getting started to separate their senior stuff 
And it kind of falls into line with exactly what you're saying, which is if it aligns all together, where um, in the senior industry, the seniors are in a very different time in their life yeah. than, you know, somebody who's looking to get headshots done or somebody who's looking to book a family or boudoir session. But I also say for photographers who do families and headshots and stuff like that, I was like, keep it together. Cause yeah. like you exactly said, those clients, there's going to be some overlap in, in their interests. And it's really just knowing it comes down to knowing your audience and knowing who you're speaking to at the end of the day, that's kind of that, common thread between both of those right a hundred percent I mean that I always say there's never a right answer for every photographer but it's something that comes up a lot in the membership is a member who is completely overwhelmed trying to market his or her business and they have a couple of different Instagram accounts they have a couple of websites and they're just you know they're either doing a mediocre job of all of them or they're failing at one and one is successful and it's quite messy and my answer is always look if your audiences genuinely are different then you do need to separate it It doesn't work otherwise but is there a way is there a way for them to be the same and you know there's a especially between family and branding and family and pets and even with weddings why could why is it not possible to have someone come into you as a family client and then show them all the different things that you do so that they can become your client for life you know totally yeah well and and you talk about you see a lot of photographers where they come in to the into your membership they come into your kind of coaching what whatever you want to call it and they're spread too thin they don't know what to do what do you tell those photographers in order to kind of get them on the right track in terms of how they need to plan out their content, how they need to kind of create that content strategy? Because that's something that you're really, really strong at in, in doing and implementing for, for those who work with you. What do you tell that photographer who's kind of in those beginning stages? So my the first thing I would tell them is to focus on one thing. <laughs> We're all, I think the the major cause of overwhelm is us trying to focus on too many different things at once. So we just decide to, or it's like our brain just shuts down and we decide to go and, you know, browse Instagram and look at funny cat videos instead we just procrastinate instead because we're so overwhelmed. So when we focus on one thing, everything gets a little bit easier. And that's why I believe in campaigns. So I think your content strategy starts with a campaign. And, and let's, campaign, let's even back up a little bit. Yeah, what do you sure. even a campaign? So a campaign is when you are focused on getting one outcome for your business. It's a, what is the thing that you want more of? And you're going to put together a strategy, a marketing strategy in order to get to um, achieve that outcome. So if you are trying to get more of everything, if you're trying to market your senior photography and maybe some workshops and maybe some family photography at the same, all at the same time, maybe you're doing some mini sessions, then you're probably going to do just an okay job at all of it. And you're going to be completely burnt out and overwhelmed instead of thinking, okay, for the next two months, I am going to only focus on, like you said, Sean, I'm only going to focus on the point where I'm going to open my diary for my senior sessions. 
that's my focus and my aim is to get you know how many senior sessions would you ideally want for a season for me i roughly am like 40 45 somewhere in that range so that would be your marketing campaign your marketing would be your marketing campaign would be okay i i want 45 senior sessions in the diary by x date and everything so that's the first thing you want to do you want to decide what do you want more of what do you want to achieve how many leads do you want how many bookings do you want and then you start putting together content that's going to get you there and that's when it becomes more intentional and more specific and you know where you're going with it all too often photographers are creating content and they don't really know why they're doing it they're pushing it out there hoping to get some kind of traction but they don't really know where they're going what they want to happen as a result of that and when you start with the objective and you plan your content for the next couple of months around that objective you then build up to it and you build a buzz and people are like they start to notice you and they start to feel that momentum and they're being brought along with you so that when you ask them to do something they're like yeah I'm doing that you know Sean's been talking about that for a while he's been pushing out some amazing content I've really enjoyed engaging with him I've added myself to his waiting list I'm excited about it I'm booking a thousand percent. And well, you, you touched on a really big point that I always try to emphasize, which is there are a lot of photographers out there that are just kind of posting just to post where they hear yeah. people say, you need to show up on Instagram or you need to to be present and engage on Instagram. And what they think that means is just posting every day without any real purpose, without any real goal or objective campaign strategy behind it. So dive into how do we fix that? Because that's a big issue that I see a lot of photographers making where they are just kind of posting to post without really any reasoning behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the, the very first thing I would start with is your bio link. You know, if, we're, if we even if we think about Instagram, um, your call to action so if you think about your campaign let's just talk about yours you know 40 let's say 45 senior sessions and I take it you would take them to a specific page on your website where the action happens right totally so that is really important that you know what's the call to action where are you taking them to to get them to do the thing you want them to do and that's what you're focusing on throughout you're always leading people to that one location on your website you're not leading them all around the garden path you're taking them there and when they get there there is the big call to action which is obviously to either get in touch with you or book a call with you but really crucially there's a secondary call to action because we all know that you know 98% of people who land on your website are not going to take action that first time so you need a secondary call to action for the people who are not quite ready. Maybe they are too busy right now or they're not, they have some questions still or they have some concerns or they're still looking around at other photographers. So you have to have something for those guys as well. Maybe um, an opt-in of some kind, a really great lead magnet or a waiting list or some kind of way to get them onto your email list. 
that's the, the very first thing I would have in place is that objective, my amazing landing page with really good copy and all the, you know, hitting all the desire points, all the pain points, really connecting a great call to action, but also a secondary call to action for those who are not quite ready. And then all the content that I would be creating following that would be leading people there and it would be a mixture of content. So we talked about overwhelm earlier and overwhelm can also come even when you're focused on one thing and you have this amazing campaign idea. Overwhelm can happen because you're not thinking about how you can get the most mileage out of one piece of content. So the next thing I would be doing is planning let's say it's a two-month campaign, I would plan like eight really meaty, great pieces of content, you know, and that what that might be is eight blog posts if you're a blogger or eight videos if you want to just go live on, you know, Instagram or live on Facebook, eight really good videos or eight pre-recorded videos or eight podcast episodes like this one, but eight good pieces of content that are answering the questions that your potential client might have for this particular campaign. They're hitting, they're maybe hitting a, a real pain point that someone has a, related to this campaign, or they're telling a story or it's a case study related to a client you've worked with in the past. So I would plan those pieces of content. And again, always leading back to your campaign hub, your, your, your landing page on your website. And then all I would be thinking about is how can I repurpose each of those pieces of content into 20 different social media posts? Totally. Yeah. And and I love that you said making sure that you're hitting on those pain points. And I just call it overcoming objections that your clients have. That's yes. at the end of the day, that's what you're doing, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they, they have questions. They do. They have all these worries, all these concerns and, and all these questions. And if you are the one who's answering them, so if they have lots of senior photographers to choose from, who are they going to choose? You know, a lot of a lot of photographers are producing pretty lovely work now. You know, there's really a lot of good photographers out there. And what's going to set you apart now is the quality of your content and how much you're getting yourself into that content. So not just any old blog post about a question they have, but a really high quality one that is full of your personality so that they feel a lot of connection to you. They Not only do they read the, this piece of content or they watch this piece of content and feel that you've answered their question or addressed their concern that they had, but they also feel a lot of trust towards you and they feel a connection, a likability factor. So it is about creating content, but it's about creating really good content now. You have to be better now. A thousand percent. And and let's even just make the definition for those listening. When Julie says you have to have good content, that doesn't mean that your photos have to be good. We're talking about how can you overcome your prospective clients and your followers objections, how can you get them more into your what you do as a photographer? How do you stand out 
from others, other photographers around you. And the way to do it is not just posting better photos. You really have to have, um, like Julie mentioned, those pieces of content that have your personality in it, are answering their questions. And then one of the things that I like to do is really uh, use these to differentiate myself from and contrast myself against what other photographers in my area are are doing. Yes. How can I educate my clients about how I'm doing the opposite or not necessarily in like a, a, a mean way or anything like that. But if a photographer isn't offering, let's say, um, you know, product, uh, photo products, and that's something that you get with my experience, you know, that's something that I want to, to make sure that I'm contrasting and, and educating my prospective clients about through those pieces of content. A hundred percent. And making sure that they are excited about them too, you know, so if that's something that differentiates you, just talking about that once is just not enough, which is why, you know, I talked about repurposing that in 20 different ways. So if you were to, for example, write a blog post featuring some of your amazing products that, you know, these seniors and their parents can have forevermore after this really important photography experience, then you don't want to just create that blog post, push it out there and hope that someone sees it. You have to literally bash people over the head with it because they won't they won't see it until you've shown this a million times you know this is how many people are seeing our stuff it's a very very tiny percentage so we have to get out there in a typical campaign you're going to be creating at least eight pieces of really good content but you're going to be posting every day to social media in a meaningful way and you're probably going to be posting to your stories constantly, talking about the same stuff, but just in slightly different ways. So you're going to show your products, you know, you're going to get, really, we should all be getting on camera and showing our products and showing our personality, showing different ways to hang wall art, for example, you know, it should be constant, you can't, if you can't talk about it once and then think, okay, I can check that off the list, that's done. You have to do it once and then repurpose it in as many different ways as you possibly can. Totally. Well, and that kind of goes back to the whole point that you made at the beginning of this episode, which is the whole reason that we're even doing this in the first place is that less and less people are seeing our posts, are seeing our photos in the first place. So if we kind of fall back into that mindset of, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, campaign strategy. And like you said, you could check it off the box. But at the end of the day, we have to go back to the whole premise that we started with, which is less people are seeing our posts. So if we are kind of anticipating that it's kind of a one and done thing. That's yep. not really going to float the boat for too long. No, 100% not. It's It's got to be, you know, there's always going to be people who contact you, you even if you run an amazing campaign and you have been, you feel like you've been everywhere. You feel like you have created amazing content you've repurposed it you've emailed it out to your email list you've been on your stories you've been on your the feed you've maybe got in front of other people's audiences to talk about it and you feel like you have absolutely nailed it there will still be people who contact you a week later and say oh my god I can't believe I missed it I didn't see it is there any chance you can fit me in you know there's always these people and you think how could you not have seen it but they don't they need you need a lot of content and a campaign that's why campaigns are so amazing because you can focus on that one thing 
and you can really build that buzz to a crescendo where people are like, oh my goodness, I, I mean, I have to have this. Everyone's talking about it. I have to have it. And that's the beauty of being a campaign-led photographer. Totally. And let's touch on something we um, kind of touched on this before we started recording, which was the concept of photographers following these quote-unquote vanity metrics. The How many likes did this post get? How many people yes. commented on the post? And photographers, and maybe, um, you know, I'm just going off my my experiences with my students, but some photographers, when they get into doing the campaign strategies, the posting about those, you know, how they're different and how their client experiences, sharing those, uh, you know, those case studies or those, those testimonials, as I call them. And all of a sudden they're like, it didn't get as many likes. So I'm just, I'm not going to do that anymore. Can we talk yeah. about a little bit of maybe the trap that you see photographers getting in where they are like, you know, I, I tried the campaign thing, Julie didn't really get as many likes. So I'm just going to go back to, to posting those pretty sneak peek images. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great meaty question. Um, yeah. The, the vanity metrics thing is something do you know, I, I totally get it because we all fall into that trap sometimes. And the the most important posts that you create, let's let's even stay with Instagram, the most important posts you create, the ones that really establish your authority or promote your services, the ones that lead to sales, they will always get the least likes. They will never go crazy because you're promoting yourself. You are never going to get a crazy amount of likes. And that's great because you will get more saves, you will get more direct messages, you will get more leads. And that's the whole point, right? But we're all stuck in, if I post that, I posted something like that last week and I got less likes. But all they need to do is go through the posts, go through the likes of the posts that give the, that get them lots of traction. So if you have a, for example, if you have certain types of posts that you send out there on the gram and you get hundreds of likes, go through those likes and see who they're from. Yep. If they are not from potential clients, they are meaningless to you and your business. You are not growing your business with those likes. If you then look at a post where you are genuinely promoting yourself, you're actually selling your services, look at the engagement you get under that because these are the real people. These are the people who are interested in what you have to sell. So 10 likes and comments on one post where you're actually selling your services is worth more than one post where you shared a pretty picture and you got 300 likes and not really any engagement beyond totally. that. And and I love how you brought up the concept of save. So I know for a lot of photographers, if you're on a business account now or a creator account, I think as well has this enabled, you can actually see via your insights on Instagram, how many people have saved your posts. And I just actually yeah. pulled up two of my more, um, I guess we'll call them bulky educational kind of campaign things or whatever we want to call it that are educating clients on a little bit about what I do that's different than other photographers. And those far and away, you know, they didn't get the most number of likes, but they have so many, you know, six, seven, eight X, the number of saves as some of my most popular photos. And that just yes. goes to show people are consuming it. 
we just kind of need to change how we're looking at um, engagement or people interacting with our posts because we don't really have any way of seeing how many people have swiped through and read that whole thing and consumed the content. And maybe they spent that, you know, 15, 30 seconds swiping through and reading what we had to say. And then they just moved on. They scrolled and they didn't like it. And we yeah. kind of use that as a negative, um, a negative metric in our business where we didn't get likes, but at the same time, the saves shows that people do care about the quality of the content that we're posting. Definitely. And if someone has saved a photographer's post, so if you've created a post, an educational post, maybe about, um, you know, the, your favorite poses that you do with um, seniors or, you know, your favorite locations to go in the area to for senior photography or, you know, think what to do to prepare for your senior photo shoot and things like that if you have like amazing carousels and educational posts like that if someone if people are saving it that means they want to come back to it later that's very powerful that means they like what they read they like what they saw they want to come back that's amazing that's the that's the metric I would be encouraging everyone to focus on the most yeah and and I think that I read the other day that Instagram's actually prioritizing saves and shares right now over likes and comments even. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that just goes to show that, you know, Instagram values the people that want to share your content with others to their story or via direct messages. And then they also value those who are saving your content, wanting to go back to it, because that's almost the most powerful indicator that your content was good. If somebody takes the time to save it, to come yeah. back to it at a later date, that shows Instagram that you're doing something right. Absolutely. I mean, what they want at the end of the day is for their users to get value from the platform. So if you're producing content that is clearly giving value, and that's really the only indication they have is from your metrics, then a save is the clearest indication of value. Totally. Um, I'm not, I hope you have time for this because I wanted to dive into this really quick before we kind of wrap up in a few minutes. But you mentioned the concept, concept of email lists and email marketing. How important is that in your overall marketing strategy right now? Oh, but it it's the most important. <laughs> it's to me, it's the most important marketing tool that you have, without a doubt. Because why is it, that? Let's well, dive into it, that. It belongs to you, doesn't it? You know, once you have your email list, they belong to you. They've that list is yours. So your Instagram account can, I, I mean, I've just heard again this week about another photographer who lost her entire Instagram account and Facebook account. That These things happen. You can get locked out of these accounts. They can be disabled for X, Y, and Z reasons, or they can change. You know how much they change over time. And you can be killing it on social media. And then along comes a huge algorithm change or a huge platform change, platform shift, and everything decreases. You know, your all your leads decrease or they disappear, and your business can be really negatively impacted by that. And the same goes for, you know, paid advertising. It can all change. It doesn't belong to you. Whereas if you are steadily growing a list of subscribers who 
opted in to hear from you. They wanted to hear from you. They said, yes, please send me your emails. And they stay, they're staying on your list and you are sending them you know, if you're creating content regularly anyway, then you should definitely be sending the best of that content out to your email list. These That list is yours. No one can take that away from you. It belongs to you. And if you think about your social media post, you know, maybe 1% of your followers will see it. 30% of your email list will see, will open your email. It could be more, you know, that's a 30%, I think is 20 to 30% is like an average open rate for photographers. But if you're sending good emails, you can see much higher open rates than that. So that if you think about those stats, you know, 1% of your social media followers are maybe seeing your posts, as opposed to 30% or more of your email list will open your email. So when a photographer has an email list, they make more sales, they they take more bookings. It's just a fact. Do you, I'm sure that you have an email list and you've seen that in action yourself, Sean. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. So I think I've, I've done the numbers before and it was upwards of like 50 to 60 percent of my bookings were coming off of my email list. Email. Where it wasn't just it wasn't just them following on social media. It was also them being on the email list. It was also them getting the the welcome campaigns that you send out. It was also them getting those periodic emails that you send out and really nurturing them in, as a as a prospective client to ultimately get them into to book you and really bought into what you offer as a photographer. So I'm so happy that other photographers are saying, you know, email is here. It's not just a social media game in, in 2021, but it's really something that we need to think about. Why do we need email marketing? Why yeah. should we start implementing this? And then it's really kind of this whole thing that you've been saying throughout this whole time is there's not a one size, you know, or a one kind of a silver bullet that's going to fix all of your problems, right? It's a really, it's a comprehensive approach. And if we're not kind of filling in the gaps and filling in the the spaces that are, are empty and missing in our marketing strategies, it really lends itself to a not as a not as comprehensive and not as successful social media strategy. And that's kind of where it all comes into to finding those great pieces of content, repurposing them so you're not spending days and days and days, you know, just creating content. And it all ties together into booking more clients and making more money and actually being able to run a successful business that gives you that freedom and flexibility at the end of the day. Absolutely. And it's all it all ties in. You know, the you, you talked about nurturing people and that is so much more important than photographers believe it usually is that they think I think a lot of us think someone lands on our website or sees our social media and they just get in touch but that's not what happens in 2021 we do lots of research now we have been conditioned to research before we buy and if you don't have that research you know that information there for them then you are not going 
to win at that game. You And if you're already creating that content, if you are creating campaigns and then creating content within that campaign and repurposing it, if you're already doing that, then not sending that content you've already created out to your email list would be madness. Yeah. You know, it's it's already done. So why not send it out there? And that's why having it, having that secondary call to action so for the people who are not quite ready to reach out and say you know with an inquiry yet having that secondary call to action where you say listen you're not ready yet no problem why don't you download this instead you know whether that's a senior shoot planning guide or maybe even your pricing and product guide or something or a challenge or you know all these different lead magnets you can use or a quiz have something for them to do instead and then those touch points you know they say that you need they'll need maybe up to 11 touch points before they will actually get in touch with you in 2021 so 11 touch points with your business building up 11 touch points on social media is so difficult and it will take a long long time and you're not in control of what those touch points will be whereas if you get them onto your email list as early as possible get the right people on there then you can control those touch points you can send them out like you said through your your welcome or nurture sequence so that with every email they receive they're like I like this guy Sean you know I think he's the right one for me I I get a lot of I feel like I trust him I really like his products he's answering my questions that happens via email it doesn't really happen on social media well, and then, you know, the whole concept, and this is a whole nother podcast episode too, but just the concept, and I know it's getting a little bit more difficult with changes that Facebook is making, but even just once they got on your website, you know, how are we making sure that we're using paid ads to retarget them and using email lists to um, to target them with paid campaigns where they may have stumbled across our website via a Google search and um, you know, making sure that even if they didn't opt in, giving them that second or third chance to do so and creating yes. content specifically for those who have landed on our website and haven't booked like so many things that we can do with marketing and it all stems from having a comprehensive approach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't believe even just in the last couple of weeks, how often I've taken action from a retargeting ad. They absolutely work. Totally. So as we wrap, what is one thing that maybe as you are, as you were starting your business, or you see a lot of photographers who are in the beginning stages of their business, what is that one piece of advice that you love to that would love to leave with them that hopefully helps them get to that next step that they're trying to get to? Simplify. Just simplify everything. Simplify your entire business. So start from the very top. You know, when you think about your ideal client, stop overcomplicating it and just think about who they are as a person. Don't worry about where they live and the kind of job they have. That's all nonsense. You just have to think about who are they as a person? What do they worry about? What do they want? And then simplify when it comes to what you're offering, stop overcomplicating things, simplify your products, simplify your marketing, focus on one little thing at a time. Because when you focus on one thing, you sell everything else as well. So even if you do have different arms to your business, 
when you simplify and you focus on one thing, what you'll find is your visibility will increase across the board and you'll get inquiries for all the other services of your business anyway. So I feel like that's the big thing for me is I'm constantly saying to my members, what would this look like if it was easy? Because you are overthinking it, you're overcomplicating it, and you're overwhelming yourself. So let's strip all of that away. What is it that's working? Let's do more of that. Strip everything else and focus on what works. I love it. Awesome. As we wrap, where can people find you? Where can they get in touch with you? Drop your links, all that sort of thing. I would love it if they would get in contact with me on Instagram. I am at Togs and Business on Instagram, and that's kind of where I like to hang out the most. And we'll also make sure to link it up in the show notes and, and all that stuff. Julie, it has been such a pleasure. Is there anything that you, we, we didn't get to that you want to touch on? No, I think, I think we covered quite a lot, didn't we? It's <laughs> <laughs> a beefy episode right here. We've kind of geeked out on all things marketing. I love it. Well, and that's what, you know, that's my wheelhouse. That's what I absolutely love to, to talk about. And I know that a lot of people want to talk about how to take better photos and how to, you know, make their business look better um, visually and aesthetically. But it all comes down to if you don't have the marketing principles, if you aren't doing the business steps that you need to take, you're just running a photography hobby. It yeah. doesn't generate income. It doesn't generate the the income that you want to have those end goals, which is if you got started with photography, if you're like a lot of photographers I work with, you're probably in it because you, you either don't like your job or you like photography more. You want to spend more time with your friends and your family and your kids and travel and have the freedom to take off a weekend and not have to worry what your boss says, those sorts of things. But it all comes down to doing the marketing strategies that Julie talked about in today's episode yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And even then you simplify because it's it's really just one main way to market your business. And then everything comes from that. Everything is repurposed from that. So even that should be as simple as you can make it. Exactly. Julie, thank you so much for being on. Oh, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you. And we'll have to have you on again. So there's yes, probably please. a round two in the future. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's dive into email next time. <laughs> Talk about somebody who knows what they are talking about. So I absolutely loved having you on, Julie. Thank you so much for hopping on. And then if you are still listening, make sure to stick around to leave a review um, let me know how much you enjoyed listening to Julie's episode or if you've had some other takeaway from the episodes, make sure to do that. And so excited. I will be back next week with another episode. And as always, I'll see you all on the next episode of the Shoot for Success podcast. See you all later. One of the things I discovered early on in photography is that working harder isn't what builds a successful business. In fact, after coaching hundreds of photographers in every market across the country, the number one trait that they all shared when they were struggling was working harder than ever in hopes that things would finally come together. It wasn't until they figured out how to implement the proper frameworks and strategies that their business took off. That's why I've created this free on-demand video training series, the Intro to Senior Photography Crash Course, to help photographers who want to start or grow their businesses without spending years struggling trying to figure it out on their own. In this free training, I will teach you the steps you need to take that people like myself, along with hundreds of other photographers have used to build their thriving senior photography business and be able to live the life they want to live. 
All you have to do is click the link in the show notes to unlock how to make that happen for you and your business and say yes to being the successful senior photographer you've always dreamed of being.